0: So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Welcome back to Smarter Vet Podcast. This is Tom Sico, one of your co-hosts, and we have the privilege today of being joined by a special guest. She is a veterinary people leader, and that uh, helps a lot with regards to just the overall guidance of veterinarians in the profession. I'd like to introduce you all to Dr. Dana Navara.
1: Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: I'd like to start all this off so people can get to know you a little bit. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, where did you go to school? When did you graduate? Give us a little background on yourself.
1: Sure, Um, so I went to school at the University of Minnesota, both for undergrad and for vet school, so I'm a proud golden gopher. yeah, go go first. And I graduated in '08 from vet school and I did uh, go directly into an associate doctor position down in Phoenix because, you know, I wanted to get out of the frozen tundra and the desert sounded awesome at the time. So luckily for me, I had been working for Banfield Pet Hospital as a, both a receptionist and a vet assistant all through school so through part of undergrad and through school, so I knew that would be the most comfortable first step in my career as a doctor. So I did start on with them and since then have found that I actually really enjoy people leadership, which is not, I don't think what any of us get into vet school thinking, but certainly found that out rather quickly and did take over a leadership position over one hospital, then over 17. And now currently I oversee about 185 hospitals in California, Arizona, and New Mexico for the practice. So it's been quite a journey.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Keeps your hands full, I would imagine.
1: It sure does.
0: So you initially started off practicing your tech and then you worked your way up in the leadership. What made you decide to go into like the corporate route versus going to like an independent practice?
1: so it kind of just happened because of my experience with banfields from early on. So, you know, because I started in undergrad as a receptionist, I just really was comfortable with their model with the flow of the day and staring down the barrel of a brand new career with a lot of kind of medical trivia floating through my head and knowing that mm-hmm. the the medicine and the surgery piece was intimidating enough, I thought, well, why why not start off in a place that I at least am comfortable with the flow? I, I know what to expect from a work environment piece of it. And then from there, I was just lucky enough that I have consistently been challenged and developed in a leadership role, and I've just really enjoyed it and, and stayed.
0: That's great. So you've been in veterinary medicine for quite some time. You're a veterinary people leader, which is fantastic. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about financial stuff. And Dana, when it comes to when you look at finances, what do you see that someone wanted should be doing to help you with your finances? If you were to hire a professional
1: to me, it, The relationship that I've had with my financial advisors has really been one of guidance and education because I was one of these folks that thought you had to have money to have a financial advisor, which is a complete myth. And actually turns out that being a veterinarian and having all of the debt that we have and knowing the challenges that come just in in living a regular life with that level of debt, a financial advisor really comes in and helps you to figure out how you can still be saving a Appropriately and planning for the future, how to best attack your student loans, what kind of expenditures and stretches on your finances are reasonable, and which are, are maybe too much for you. And what I have found wonderful about the relationship that I've had is that it's never a black and white, like, no, don't do this, or yes, do that. But it's really just laying out the data and the facts in a black and white, here's here's your financial picture right now, here's what you want to do, this is what kind of stretch that would put you in, and then the decision is yours. And so it's really, I think, as data-driven folks (laughs) like veterinarians are, it's just been super helpful for perspective, and the educational piece has been wonderful because it's just not something we're trained for.
0: Yeah, education is important, especially if you want to have that that confidence in everything in your life, because it's like, if I don't know where I'm going, then how do I plan, right? Absolutely. At at what point in your life did you you think to yourself, I should look at hiring someone to help me help our family plan? At what point did you make that decision?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny, because I, I may have still been sitting in a situation without an, an advisor at this point, if it wasn't for um, a really wonderful benefit that I was able to get through work in which I got, I can get some reimbursement towards some of the financial advisement, which is the first time that I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe I could look into this and feel it out. And I kind of expected to walk into it and, ha- and be told, like, well, you don't have any money to invest. So there's really nothing we can do. And like I just mentioned, the experience has been completely different. And had I known that, the small cost of getting partnered up with an advisor would have been well worth it even before the benefit. So it was really a, a pivot, but not of my own doing, which is interesting. And I think potentially a lot of vets are in that same position. So just encourage everyone to look into it. You don't have to have money to have a financial advisor.
0: When you say just kind of happened, like, what, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I have several friends in the profession who had talked about their struggles with their finances. And it's a big topic of conversation amongst us in this profession, particularly. And I finally had one of my friends say to me like, hey, I started with a financial planner and I'm going to retire when I'm 55. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Mm-hmm. And it that's where kind of that conversation started. And I thought, well, I have this benefit now, I guess I could try it. And I thought, well, she's got to be in just a really different, you know, financial situation than me, she's probably just already been set up, or there's something else going on there. But really, Getting involved with an advisor has given me some of that hope. And, you know, I don't know that I'm in the boat of being able to, with, you know, three kids and and student debt, uh, retire at 55, but there's definitely hope for me to do a lot more of the things that I was very aspirational about, but thought realistically I would not be able to do. And really that's because I've mapped out a plan with my advisors around saving in a smart way to achieve the goals that I want to achieve.
0: Very cool. We've, we've all had some failures in our lives, and I'm sure you <laughs> might have experienced some financial ones yourself. You know, talk to us about the biggest financial failure you've had, and, you know, what did you learn from it?
1: Oh, Lord, it's a doozy. Are you ready? So we ready. actually, in my, I think it was my first year of vet school, had some kind of financial coach, I hesitate to call him an advisor, come in, but this was, so I graduated in 08, so this was around 04 and come in and tell us, like, okay, we've got these student loans. A really good investment is a house. You all should go buy houses using your your student loans, if need be, because there's no safer bet than, you know, an investment in a house. And so (laughs) if you can imagine, now I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sure it wasn't as as blunt and direct as that, but there were probably four or five of us in my vet school class that went out and did that, that we bought a house. And I knew I'd be moving out of the area after vet school, but I thought, well, okay, well then I'll turn it around. It'll be, it'll be okay. I'll be able to sell it and maybe we'll be able to make something off of it even. And then as everyone probably knows, uh, 2008 turned out to be a really terrible time to try and sell a house. And so we had been basically put into a situation where we got a house with, you know, zero down and like no, you know, both myself and my fiance at the time were working part-time jobs and going to school, right? We should have had, no business buying a house, but we were able to. And then we found ourselves stuck with it. So we ended up renting the house out and thankfully have had been incredibly lucky and were able to rent it out for about 12 years before just recently selling it finally. But we took a huge financial loss on it. We never were able to cover our mortgage completely. So every year we lost money on it and we got hit with depreciation on the way out the door too. So that was a huge financial failure. But what I learned was a lot around personal responsibility and not walking away from commitments that you made with your eyes wide open. Because I got asked a lot because there was a financial crisis, right? I got asked a lot. Why don't you just declare bankruptcy? Why don't you just let it go? Let the house go. But, you know, we felt pretty strongly that we we walked into this willingly. We decided to take this on. Yes, it was probably a mistake <laughs> looking back on it, but we were able to swing it um, and took responsibility for it and owned it and were able to eventually get back out of it. But that was a big, it was a big setback for us for a long time and a lot of, a lot of nervous nights hoping that we'd, we would get new renters and, and that sort of thing. So,
0: before you started working with someone on your finances, like what was something that you you struggled with? What is something that you feel like that you're not very good at when it comes to just planning?
1: Uh, saving. It's pretty simple. I think that was what we were and probably are still <laughs> the worst at. We'd gotten into a mode because we never had just a big surplus of money laying around. We didn't have a nest egg, that kind of thing. So we just got into the habit of saving up enough money to get the thing that we were needing or wanting right and then starting all over again and so we were very dependent on you know what kind of what kind of money was coming in and you know our timelines were very you know not very set in stone very wishy-washy and so you know saving I think probably buckets most of what we're worst at I think It all fits into that bucket, I guess, is how I would say it. We were not very good savers, and that has been a huge part of our education now that we're linked up with an advisor.
0: Great. Saving is super important, and it's good that you're you're working towards that. A lot of times, I would imagine that if you are living kind of month by month, it could put a lot of stress and strain on you if things do happen.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So after you started working with someone, what exactly did that help you accomplish? Did it do anything for you overall so far financially, personally, mentally? Like what has it helped you do?
1: Personally and mentally, I think in my mind are pretty linked and it's, it's peace of mind, I guess, knowing that we have someone helping us that knows a lot more about that field and that realm than either my husband or I do and can set us up on the right track whenever we have questions about hey can we afford to do this or, or can we do that as i described before we're able to just take that to them and they have all the information they need on like concrete black and white here's what we do have and here's the portfolio and what would it look like to extend ourselves and do x y z and so having someone just to bounce those things off of rather than us just kind of guessing and jumping into the wind has been very calming i guess so personally mentally it's very stabilizing and we've been with our financial advisor for just over a year and one of our first goals that we that we set out to accomplish was to buy a house we currently live in denver and we moved here a year ago we had been renting for um Boy, about three years up to that point. And we knew we wanted to settle in Denver. So we said, okay, goal number one is we want to be able to buy a house in Denver. And we kind of plotted that out. it be to say that we just closed on a house and, and moved in just uh, this past month. So within a year of, you know, saving and planning, we were able to accomplish one of our first goals. So it's pretty satisfying.
0: That is incredibly satisfying. and I, yeah. I hope you, you and your, your family are enjoying it very much so far. We are. Thanks for sharing all these thoughts with us. Cause I know sometimes talking about these things can be, you know, it's a, it's a little bit intimidating. It can be like, wow, these are components of like, does everyone else feel this way or experience these things? And for everyone that is listening today, if, if you have experienced some of these things, like you, you're not alone. There are a lot of other people that are going through some of the same things as yourself. And Dana, if there's one piece of advice on finances that you would want to leave our listeners today, what
1: would that be? There's two pieces, if I could be allowed to two pieces, uh, mention let's do it. two. Uh, so the first one is save, 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 save. Even when you don't feel like you have money to save, save some. And then the second piece would be just uh, what I've already said. Uh, you don't have to have money to have an, a financial advisor. In fact, you may need you may need them more if you're struggling. I, I know that was the case for me. So that would be my biggest piece of advice to to anyone listening that's that's feeling the stress and strain of especially fellow vets. The struggle's real. So so you know, financial advisors exist to to help us with some of this.
0: Absolutely. So save, 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 save. I love it. That's great. And then you should have <laughs> you should look at getting an advisor to help you, even if you don't have money to invest. To shift gears from financial stuff, if you were an animal, what would you be, and why would you be that animal? <laughs>
1: This is the meanest question to ask a vet. I hope. I thought realize. it was the perfect uh, <laughs> question. Because <laughs> how could I possibly decide? You ask me on any given day, I'm going to pick a different animal because they're all amazing. I I think probably.
0: What are you today? You well,
1: know, yeah, today I think uh, I'm I'm going to say orangutan. Okay. And. I think the reason why is, be, I mean, they're adorable and they have this crazy flame and orange hair and it's fantastic. And <laughs> I love the strength of the great apes, but also orangutans just have this kind of sweet, like nurturing side to them as well. And you see them with their babies. It's just, it's just so endearing and sweet. So I think it's that mix of, of strength and kindness that really appeals to me with, with orangutans. So that's what I would pick for today. Ask right. me tomorrow; it'll be
0: something different. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard anyone say that. So you have a really? different animal every day. <laughs> Let's go. Schizophrenic, on. Like
1: maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I love our tanks. I, I love yeah. watching when I go to the zoo.
1: They're
0: beautiful. So, for our listeners here today, if if anyone wanted to reach out to you and they're just looking for guidance or have some questions for you about some financial things, or if they're trying to find an advisor to work with, what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, I would be happy to help and probably email is going to be the easiest way. So I'm at Dana.Novara at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram at, at Dana Novara, and I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me. So I'm happy to help in whatever way would help, what financial or otherwise. I'm here. We work in a hard profession and I'm, I, I would love to chat with anyone who feels they needed it.
0: Fantastic. Dana, she's a a wonderful resource. If you do want to have someone to reach out to and talk to, I will provide her information as well inside the podcast description. So if you weren't able to get it down and you want to be able to reach out to her. But hey, Dana, I really appreciate you taking the time today. This has been a a wonderful time with you.
1: Oh, likewise, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: Everyone, thanks for listening. This is Tom Seiko wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151-183 expires February of 2025.